Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. God has been good, so good, we give him all praise, God has been so good, so good, so good, so good, so good to me. Amen, 
and amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer, our shield, our buckler, our protector, our provider, our healer, our handler. God is our everything. We bless his holy name for this is the day that he has made. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, Every Child of God Must Know, K-N-O-W, Know, N-O. Very important word for you and I, children of God, as in this life we are going to be presented uh, by the adversary uh, with all sorts of things, and we have to uh, stand firm in the faith and uh, be able to use the weaponry, even the defense mechanisms that God has given us. No is a very powerful defense mechanism. It can keep back a whole lot of things that the adversary wants to try and uh, entice you and I with, deceive you and I with, lead you and I astray. Every child of God must know, know. We look at the capital A in our outline, recognize who's offering. Now, that's one of the first very important things for you and I as children of God to recognize that when things are being offered to us, who is offering that? You know, because just as God offers things to his people, the adversary uh, offers things to to people as well. And we want to be uh, discerning when he is offering us things. But look at Titus 2 and 12, Mark 15, 23, capital B, no weapon means no weapon. Understand, child of God, that when we are established in righteousness, no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. That means whatever the adversary and his people come up with. Isaiah 54 and 17, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Capital C, no condemnation, no death penalty, no sentence of death for you and I, children of God, because we are in Christ Jesus. Look at Romans 8 and 1, Romans 5 and 18. Capital D, no divination, no sorcery. When we are operating in obedience to God, no divination, no sorcery will work on us. We looked at Numbers 23, 23, Deuteronomy 18 and 14. It brings us on down to capital E in our outline. No flesh. No flesh. We need to understand that flesh and blood will not inherit, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We want to understand some things and limitations about the flesh. Um as we study today, be prepared to be blessed, very good, children of God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, saints, we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 3 with a very special focus on verse 3. Galatians chapter 3 with a very special focus on verse 3. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Paul speaks to the Galatian saints and asks a question. Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort or by the flesh in some translations? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, capitalized, meaning Holy Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Capital E, no flesh. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today, Father, for the privilege of allowing us to see another beautiful day. We thank you, Father, for so many wonderful things that you have done to us, through us, for us. You've told us in your word that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
I thank you, Father, for revealing to me right now that not only are we fearfully and wonderfully made, but I hear God speak now and say, Robert, not only are you fearfully and wonderfully made, you are fearfully and wonderfully maintained. Father, we thank you not only for making us, but for maintaining us. Not only for making and maintaining us, but, Father, you are leading us. You are guiding us. You are bringing us to a destination. You are bringing us to our destinies. You've promised us in our word that we will be conformed into the image and the likeness of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Even though we come from many different places, many different backgrounds, many different ways of seeing and doing things, through and by your mighty power, you are bringing us to oneness in Christ Jesus. We thank you today, Father, and we trust that uh, as we study to show ourselves approved unto you today, workmen who do not need to be ashamed but who rightly divide the word of truth, you will bless us with your wisdom. You will bless us with your knowledge. You will bless us with your understanding that we may grow stronger in you and in your mighty power. Father, we trust that you're going to do these things for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. No flesh. No flesh. Praise the living God. One of the first things we want to understand, children of God, as we go into this particular subtopic, is what is the flesh? What is the flesh? Flesh is one of those words that we, we see in Scripture, and it has various meanings in, in various places. Sometimes flesh is used to describe the physical part of our being, the body, all right, flesh and blood, these bodies that God has placed us in. Then other times in scriptures, flesh is used to describe the fallen human nature, the fallen human state, that, that part of us that, that uh, when Adam sinned, man became a, a, a creature that has now conceived in sin and shaped iniquity, that fallen nature. Now, one of the things that God tells us is that no good thing dwells in the flesh. It's fallen thoughts. It's fallen emotions. It's fallen will. It's fallen. All this stuff in us is now fallen. See, man's spirit, originally, it was perfect, just like everything else. Man's soul was originally perfect, just like everything else. Even man's body was originally perfect, just like everything else. Once man sinned, everything fell down, man's spirit, man's soul, man's body. So this is why God tells you and I that no good thing dwells in the flesh. Why? Because it is a fallen condition. It is a fallen state. But Jesus Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ came that our spirits might be renewed. Jesus Christ came that our souls might be renewed. Jesus Christ came that eventually and at the end of the day we will have new and, and, and glorified bodies. No good thing in the flesh. In other words, we can't come up with anything good in and of ourselves. If you and I are going to be made good, made whole, made righteous, made pleasing in the sight of God, then God has to get back involved. All right. Now, let's, let's understand that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this revelation. When man sinned, God had to get uninvolved. He had to separate himself from man. That was the death that God was speaking of when he told Adam, in the day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. In other words, God was saying, look, what I'm going to have to do is separate myself from you. And just like as a hand that is separated from the body, eventually it dies, that's what happened with Adam. That's why he didn't just drop dead immediately after he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He still walked around, kicked around for about 900 years, but then he surely died. The separation was immediate. Just like somebody coming here right now with a sword and cut your finger off, the separation is immediate. 
Now, if that separation is not restored, if that separated finger is not restored quickly enough, that finger will die. That finger will, will eventually die. Now, doctors can take, if you get that finger to the doctor quickly, if a tooth gets knocked out and you can get that tooth to the doctor quickly enough, it can be reinstated and you can go on. But if not, it will die. Adam was immediately separated once he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in time, he, this, this separated state, he eventually physically died. So it is with a hand or a tooth. In time, if it is not reconnected quickly, it will eventually die. So, end of, so, so God said, look, just like I separated myself from you and you die, when I reconnect myself with you, you will live. And this is what we preach. You all out there under the sound of our voice, you want to try to figure out and comprehend what is it we preach? We're preaching reconnection with God through and by faith in Jesus Christ that you may live. Hold on. Let it brother talk. You think of it like our laptops and our, you know, electronic devices, you know, we, you know, sometimes we may have it off the charger, but if we have it off the charger for a long period of time, eventually it goes, it just dies. But if we keep it on the charger, we can, you know, do all kinds of things for long periods of time. And that's how God is, you know, without him, you know, we're dead, we're slowly dying. But as, you know, we get to Christ, he's charging us up, charging us back up for him. Amen. Amen. We bless God. So, and this is now, now, now this brings us right onto what Paul's saying. Now, for the saints that weren't here, we're working on capital E, no flesh. We're looking at Galatians chapter 3 and 3. No flesh. Now, it's important for us to realize that no flesh, nothing in these fallen states is God pleased with. That's why, you know, if you out walking and you fall down in the mud, some you don't just start wilding. You don't start just wilding in the mud. No, you want to try to get up as quickly as possible because you understand that that's not a state that you need to be in. Well, what God wants us to understand is that the fallen state of humanity, a state of disconnected from God, disconnected from him in the spiritual realm, disconnected from him and his word, that's not a state that we should want to be in. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, and this is, why, this is why Paul uses such strong words. Now, the Bible talks about if you call, if you say raka to your brother, Jesus told him, said, meaning empty head, empty head, you'll be in danger of, you know, you're you, you in danger of very serious punishment. You mess around and call your brother a fool, you're in danger of hellfire. Anybody calls his brother raka, I'm trying to remember, that means empty head. Ah, Raka, you Raka, you empty head, you idiot. You're in, dang, you, you're in danger with the Sanhedrin, right? But if you say to your brother, thou fool, you're in danger of hellfire. Now, this, Paul was so upset with the Galatian saints that he called them foolish. He didn't call them fools. Using the word fool, I want to encourage you, you're you, you in danger of hellfire calling people fools. Paul called them foolish. Foolish. Now we want. We need to look at that. Let's let's get that scripture there, for, so so we can get some. No, 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 children of God, you don't want to be calling people fool. Very strong word in the kingdom. All right, Matthew chapter five, verse twenty-two. Jesus said, but I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answered. Now, Raka means empty head, all right, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin can get you and question you. That's like the religious, political, judicial body. What you mean calling somebody Raka? What was wrong with you? You know, but anyone who says you fool will be in danger of hellfire. Now, just to let you know how serious this was, Paul called the Galatian saints foolish. 
And the Spirit of God is still saying, you're foolish if you think you can start out with the Spirit of God and then get to the, your destination by the flesh. You're still foolish. Paul said it thousands of years ago, and it's still being said. The Galatian saints had started out moving by the Spirit of God. I just got in a great big discussion with a great, great friend of mine. I ended up having to say, hey, you, 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 you're not getting this thing, so I'm not going to discuss this with you any further. They keep right on trying to explain to me uh, 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 about tithing on money. And I said, look, you can tithe on money as you are led to. I said, but don't try, then don't be out telling people that it's commanded in the Scripture to tithe on money anywhere because that is a lie. That's just a plain lie. Now, tithing on money came again from the Catholic Church just like them indulgences did. Thousands of years ago, they needed money. So somebody said, well, look, uh, why don't we start selling these indulgences? We can tell people that they can get their loved ones out of purgatory. Somebody was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then all of a sudden, people start coming in. They're telling the people you can buy these indulgences, get your loved ones. You, you know your uncle might might end up in purgatory. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't good. He wasn't saved. Maybe he's in purgatory. Like, well, how much can I pay? Eh, give me uh, 15 pieces of gold. We'll give you indulgence. That'll get him up out of purgatory. Nonsense. Nonsense, but they were the same ones that came up with tithing on money back about 500 A.D., needing money. Tell people, tithe, they got to bring a tithe of their money because the Scripture certainly doesn't say it. Apostle, yeah, do. Malachi chapter 3, bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat or food. Paul, uh, 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 Malachi was basically quoting the law of tithing out of Leviticus 27 and 30. What the people were not doing, they weren't bringing their tithe to the storehouse, so the Levites basically didn't have anything to eat. Not money. It had nothing to do with money. And every single Sunday around the world, you got pastors misquoting and misinterpreting, rather, that particular scripture. If you're gonna if you're gonna quote a scripture or if you're gonna you're gonna give a scripture, you need to give the proper interpretation of it. What was Malachi talking about? Was Malachi first of all, Malachi was not New Testament church age prophet. He was Old Testament, uh, uh, Mosaic law. When was he talking about? Was Malachi talking about bringing a tenth of the money? No, he was talking about bringing a tenth of what your flocks, what your fields, and what your herds produce. Let's rightly divide the Scripture, because you mess around and wrongly divide the word of Scripture and want to stand on that, you become modern-day Pharisee. That's what Pharisees did. They set aside the commands of God in order to obey the traditions of their elders, the traditions of men. Scripture must be rightly divided. See, in any time, one of the ways you can, you can tell the Scripture is not rightly divided, it won't fit with nothing. It won't fit. God's Word is fitly joined. And this is, this is why sound doctrine is so important. This is why it's so important for us to stick right with what God said. Because if we stick with what God said, it'll fit. It'll keep fitting. It'll keep fitting. But when you get off what God has said, then it won't fit. And it will never fit. And you can't make it fit. It's like trying to put a square, square block into a round hole. It won't, it won't go. You could, I told I tell this, this pastor earlier, I said, you can't make God's word say what it don't say. And I said, and until you quit trying to make it say what it don't say, then you, you're never going to be able to receive the further truth that God has. If you keep running into a, you keep running into a brick wall, God done said something, and you don't accept that, then all of the rest of what God is trying to say to you on the other side of that, you're going to miss because you keep hitting that brick wall right there. So what has to happen, God's word is much like, much like entering into various chambers in, in a house. You know, you've got to come through the front door. And then, you know, let's say that you've got your living room and then you've got your bedroom. Then you've got to pass through the living room in order to get to the bedroom or to get to different chambers. You, there's, you, there's certain truths that you've got to get before you – if you are down the sound of my voice, if, if you don't even get uh, – uh, contributing to the church, 
man, ain't no need of me doing a lot of talking to you about sharing everything, which is what God really wants us to do. Ain't even no need. Because if that milk of contributing to the work of God is choking you, I'd be a fool as a pastor, as a parent, to give you a T-bone steak. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? If your little child can't even digest milk, well, can't even chew up, can't even, can't even take milk, then why in the world would you stuff a big piece of steak in their mouth? Something's wrong with you. So you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? You know, there's certain things you've got to get. God got prerequisite things. In order for you to go to the next level, in order for me to go to the next level in revelation and understand, God be like, you've got to get this. This is why Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say I am? Disciples like, you know, they say you're John the Baptist, they say you're Elijah, they say you're one of the prophets, they say you're this. Then Jesus said, look, before I do too much more talking, let me find out who you say I am. That was a very important question because if the disciples had been talking that same nonsense, then it would be stuff that Jesus would have to, I, I, can't, I can't talk to you about certain things if you're talking that same kind of foolishness. Many times, um, good teachers, in, in, even in school, universities, before, before they haul off and start teaching you anything, what's one of the first things a lot of times they do? They'll do what's known as an aptitude test. They'll, take, they'll give you an aptitude test. In other words, find out where you at. All right, that's, that's what we're talking about. Where, where are you at? Now, if I'm going to teach math, ain't no need to me come busting in here, going to try to teach you calculus, and you can't even add and subtract. Let me find out where you are at. I messed around late last night, children of God. I was very upset. That's why I took an a, a IQ test. Just knew I was thinking I'm about, about genius level on uh, the thing, man, and got about a 69. They were like, you are of below average intelligence. I was like, oh, what in the world? Took it again, took my time. They said, you know, they said you can take the test again, relax, take your time, you know, settle down. I was like, ain't no way in the world. I'm going, I'm going to be running around here, no, no below average like this. Took the test again and got up to about, a, I think, about a 95 or something, which was, you know, uh, moving toward superior, but I'm going to take it again because what I want to do is I want to get up uh, around that 140, which is uh, they consider genius level. I just want that. I just want that person. I did not like that. What I say, 60, 69? Yeah, yeah, 69. You know, one of the saints heard that earlier today and laughed so hard it was almost. <laughs> but children of God, on a serious note, now, uh, uh, you know, this is God's be doing stuff and sharing stuff a lot of times, little bit by little bit. In fact, there's a passage of Scripture that talks about a little here, little there. And so it is we're making money grow, little here, little there. Most things that grow substantially and sustain, even in the stock market, one of the things they taught us in investing in the stock market. Now, you want to, most of us want to go out there and get the 100% return. You need to understand that when there's a chance for a big return, normally there's a chance for a big loss. So what they even suggest to you in stocks and trading is you want to get you some a slow, sustainable growth. In other words, a little bit. Don't try to go too, too big now because you mess around and lose real, real big, but you want to get you something that's slow and sustainable. And so it is oftentimes with the Word of God. A little revelation today, a little revelation tomorrow that go on top of that revelation. And another revelation, it's almost like building, you know, building a house. You got certain things that need to go. You got certain foundationary scriptures. No need of me talking to you about uh, uh, worshiping every day, you know, how the early saints worshiped every day when, when the devil got you twisted up to where you won't even, you won't even go to church on Sunday. Well, why, well how, if, if that is sounding strange to you, just going to church on Sunday sounds strange. I'm really going to sound like I'm mentally retarded talking to you about worshiping every day. So you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? The Bible says solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature. There are certain revelations and insight. God be like, look, that's for the mature right there, Robert. That ain't, that ain't for little babes in Christ. That ain't for people that's, that's just, you know, uh-uh, uh-uh, solid food. It's for the mature. No flesh. 
Now, if you ever wonder what, you know, ultimately what flesh is, basically that what we do uh, outside of the leading of the Spirit of God, that that we say, that that we think, that where we go outside of the leading, you know. Normally the difference between mature saints and immature saints is mature saints will operate more in the spirit, less in the flesh. Immature saints will operate more in the flesh and less in the spirit. Both saved, but they just, you know, they, well, what's the difference between a, a, a good basketball player and a sorry basketball player? Normally a good basketball player is going to have a greater mastery of the skills. You know, he's going to make more shots. You know, he's going to do more or whatever. And a sorry basketball player, it's going to have a less of a mastery of the skills, going to miss more, going to do things. Do, so that there's our differences. No flesh. Now, you had here with the Galatian saints, you know, these are the saints, you know, that, that Paul had been working with. And, and, you know, and I've seen it. I've seen it so many times as well in ministry, you know, um, Paul had been working with these saints, and these saints were growing, and they were moving in the spirit, but they messed around and allowed false teachings and false doctrines uh, and false teachers to come in and lead them astray. And Paul was very upset about this because he knew he had spent a lot of time, a lot of energy. Some of you all understand my voice. You know, I know I don't spend a lot of time, energy, and effort preaching, teaching, sharing with you. Then somebody come in and tell you some nonsensical uh, stuff, and there you go. You run right after that right there. And this is why Paul was upset. This is why Paul called and said, you foolish Galatians. See, that's foolish. That's foolish to make uh, substantial gains and growth in the spirit and by the spirit and then, to try, and then run back to the flesh. That's foolish. That's foolish to take all your money that, 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 that you don't work hard for all week and, and go out to Las Vegas and throw it away on a crap table. That's foolish. There's some stuff that's just foolish. That's foolish. Paul even talked about, you know, he beats his body and makes it his slave, lest after he preached to others, he himself become a castaway. Paul said, that's foolish. Wait a minute, I'm doing all this preaching, all this teaching, y'all, y'all getting saved, y'all growing, y'all maturing. Then at the end of the day, I end up sent to hell? Uh-uh. Paul said, uh-uh. It's foolish. Paul said, this is foolish here. You all were moving very, very well with the Spirit. He asked a question in another place. He said, you were, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Paul said, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. You foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Paul said, that, that's what's going on here. Anytime you're moving and flowing and going well with the Spirit and somebody come in and get you off that, you've been bewitched. Just like somebody done, done, done just like somebody done, done, uh, put a potion on you. Put a hex on you. Who Paul who bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul said, you look right at that. You know that's what happened. And Paul said, I just want to learn one thing from you. Paul said, I ain't got a lot of questions for you. Sometimes with people, and you know, and that's a lot of time I, I'll ask people a simple question. Because, see, if you can't get this simple question right, then I know I ain't no need of me trying to go a whole lot further with you. You know, I had to ask a friend of mine, I said, can you show me anywhere in the Bible where God ever commanded anybody to give a tenth of their money? Anywhere, I mean, the 600, how many, 66 books of the Bible happen? Anywhere, just one, just one, one place, one place. Paul said, I just got one question, because see, Paul said, what, what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing foolishness. I'm seeing foolishness out of you. So, 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 you know, a lot of time when we're operating in foolishness, somebody needs to make things real plain because we don't got ourselves, we don't got ourselves tricked up now. So, so, so you got to come at people sometimes, you know, because sometimes you got to come at me. I mean, you know, I remember one time somebody was trying to explain something. Some insurance agents were trying to explain something to me, and they stayed around here. We had some family members here. Everybody got the thing but me. I just couldn't see it. It just, I just, I couldn't grasp it till, till about three or four o'clock in the morning, and I, and the light finally came on, and I jumped right out, ran and did it, and got collected about twelve thousand dollars. When the light came on, I was like, now I see why the adversary was fighting so hard for me to get this thing. See? 
So you need to understand, if you out there understand my word and you are a doer, you're the kind of person that will do something, adversary fight real hard for you to get certain, certain revelations and certain insights. Because you'll jump out there and do it. Some people, the adversary, don't care whether they get the revelation because you still ain't going to do nothing. Some people, you, they, got, they get a revelation, they understand full well, exactly what, still ain't going to do nothing. But the adversary know there are other people that once they get, uh, get, the, get the truth, get the revelation, they're going to immediately act on it. So he be fighting them real, real hard. Paul said, I just want to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit, now it's capitalized, by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Paul said, very simple question, because it's one of the two. See, what had happened with these, these, these Galatian saints, they, 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 they had accepted by faith that Jesus Christ died as a substitute for their sin, rose again from the dead. They accepted that by faith. Then once they got in faith, they start trying to run back to the law. Paul was like, what is this? If 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 walking if if move, if walking by faith is what got you into God's family, don't you know that walking by faith is what's going to keep you in God's family? How are you going to walk by faith to get in God's family, and then once you get in God's family, you're going to turn around and start going back to the flesh? Paul said that's foolish. That's why some some people end up you know that be real real overweight. Go on crash diets or start doing in the, That's why at the end of the day, a lot of them end up gaining gaining the weight back. People be like, man, you know, I'm all overweight. I'm 400 pounds. You know, when I was in high school, I was 200 pounds. Muscles everywhere. So they like, man, family class reunion coming up. Let me get in shape. They lifting. They running. They eating right, man. They cutting down on the calories, counting calories, doing all kinds of things. Get down to 200. Get down to that goal. Go to the family reunion. Everybody was like, "Man, you looking good, man. You look just like like you know, look like just like you did in high school." Yeah, man, I'm looking good, looking good. But then, after that, they stop and go back to their old habits, and a lot of them blow up even bigger than they were before they started the exercise program. Why? Because you did you 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 came into a, a change that was good. You came into a change that got you to where you wanted to be. And instead of continuing on that, you went back to the stuff that had you twisted up and messed up in the first place. If hard work is what made you successful, hard work is what's going to keep you successful. If doing right is what made you successful, doing right is what's going to keep you successful. If being obedient is what got you uh, uh, blessed, then staying obedient is what's going to keep you blessed. You didn't get brand new now with some craziness. Paul said, now, now I just want to learn now. Paul, I'm just asking questions now because obviously we don't see this thing quite the same way because you all feel like coming by the, by the spirit and then walking by the flesh is the way to, to get the goal. Paul said, I don't, uh-uh. Paul said, I understand that coming by the spirit and walking by the spirit is the way to get the goal. Which one, Paul said, which one is it? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by observing the law? Did you receive the Holy Spirit out there under the sound of my voice by paying tithes? Did you? If you got the Holy Spirit, if you don't, then you're none of Christ no way. Did you get the Holy Spirit out there uh, by, by thou shalt not uh, bearing false witness? How did you get the Holy Spirit? Paul said, I want to know how you got the Holy Spirit, if you got him. And I'm asking the same question to some of you all out there under the sound of my voice. How did, how did you get the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you why, how, in case you don't know. You got the Holy Spirit by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead. That, 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 that you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. You have sincerely asked God to be Lord over your life. That's when God's giving you the Holy Spirit. If he knows you ain't really trying for Jesus to be Lord, he ain't going to send you the Holy Spirit. No, nah, Lord be like, nah, uh-uh. That's why it's not just what you're saying. It's what's in your heart. Salvation is not just what you're saying because you've got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth and believe. See, if you don't really believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, the Lord lands in and you know the Holy Spirit. Uh-uh. Paul said, exactly how did you get the Holy Spirit? Observing the law or by believing what you heard? And Paul come in and ask the question. He said, now, 
Because Paul said, I know, I, I know how you got him. See, Paul said, I know how you got him, but I know what you're trying to walk after now. And Paul said, that's called error. You get something one way and then try to maintain it another way, that's called error. That's called error. You got in shape by exercising and watching what you eat and maintain, and you think you're going to try to stay in shape by laying around and then eating all kind of chocolate covered? Uh uh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's called error. You got your car by making good payments on, on your bills and keeping your credit up and, and, and making, making payments on, the, on time. You think you're going to keep your car by now not making payments and uh, uh, decide you're not going to pay the, uh, the, the, the bank? And uh-uh, that's called error. You got to be a top player by working hard, by by you know, drills and skip. You think you're going to remain a top player by laying around, looking around? Uh-oh, watch this one. You got a huge crop because you sold abundantly. You got that big-time job because you sold abundantly. You got that big-time promotion because you, now you think you're going to maintain that? By sowing sparingly? <laughs> some of y'all out there, boy. Some of y'all. That's called error. That's called led astray. That's called the adversary done got you. He done twisted you up. That's one thing. Watch this now. Watch this. Now, the Lord used to talk about how, you know, he, you know, and I think we went over the other night, that God was going to be putting the people out of the promised land because they was doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Lord told him to look now, when you go in there, don't be doing the crazy stuff or I will put you out too. God said, look, and I'm paraphrasing. God said, look, basically the reason why I'm running these people out of the promised land because they've been cutting up. They've been doing all kind of crazy stuff up in there. And I'm going to bring you in. Now, when I bring you in, don't you get in there and start doing the same crazy stuff because God said, then I'll, 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 I'll put you out too. Paul said, are you so foolish? After beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal or finish by the flesh or finish by human effort? That's what flesh is. That's another definition of flesh. It's human effort. What you trying to do apart from God, what you trying to do where God ain't told you to do, what you trying to say, where God ain't told you to say, where you trying to go, where God ain't, that's human effort. God said, that mess, that mess. God said, not, no good thing dwells in the flesh. God don't want you and I doing nothing by human effort. He wants us led by the Spirit. Then it becomes, then it becomes superhuman effort. In other words, God said, now my power can start operating on your behalf. Paul says, have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Paul said, let me ask you something else. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? (laughs) Paul says, is that what you really think? You really think that God is giving you his spirit and is working miracles because you observe the law? See, see, see. Getting into Christianity and staying in Christianity, two different things. Getting your mind to accept the truth and keeping your mind so that it continues to receive the truth, them two different things. We're talking about maintenance, you know, maintenance, maintenance, you know, maintenance. Paul said the problem is with your maintenance. You've received, but how are you maintaining? Receiving and maintaining what you've received are two different things. I tell you, let me let me tell you something. I, right here in this country, and I don't want to I don't want to say too much because I don't know who all is listening. If you were to take right now. And I ain't even going to go black and white, even though a lot of it, it got to do with black and white. 
if you were to take the rich folk out of the mansions and put them in the ghetto and take the ghetto folks out of the ghetto and put them in the mansions in 10 years, and I give it about 10, I don't know, maybe not even that long, the ghetto as we know it today would be looking like uh, 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 the suburb and the, 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 the mansions as we know be looking like the ghetto. Why? Because even though you have taken people out of one place and put them in the other, you have taken them out physically, but you haven't taken them out mentally. Poverty is a state of mind more than a state of being. T.D. Jake said something very profound many years ago. I'll never forget it. T.D. said, I, ain't got, I don't have a problem with people that don't, want, that don't have anything. T.D. Jake said, I got a problem with people that don't want anything. Poverty is more of a state of mind than a state of being. It's a state of mind. I got a friend of mine, got a girlfriend, you know, came up real, real poor, came up real, real difficult, real, real hard, you know. Must have got involved in some stuff and got blessed real good. And just about every chance he get, he contacted me because she's still thinking with a poverty mind. Still thinking with a poverty mind. See, there's the poverty mind and there's the prosperity mind. Poverty mind is is is, is basically, you know, a mindset of but a prosperity mind. There's a mind that's looking to move forward, looking to, to, to go further, looking to do more. Prosperity. It's God's will that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers with what is encompassed in our soul, our mind. So in order to come out of a poverty mindset, we've got to come, we've got to allow the Spirit of God to, to implant and impact us with a prosperity mindset. Now, prosperity and materialism, two different things now. Because prosperity, true prosperity, encompasses the whole, the whole man, spirit, soul, and body encompasses all three realms, the spiritual, spiritual realm, solical realm, and the physical realm. Come on, saints. We've got to close this out now. Paul said, I got a problem with your mentality now. Paul said, look, I'm not saying I got a problem with the spirit that's in you. I got a problem with the soul that's in you. See, and understand, children of God, the problems that we have in, in, in the body of Christ, and the, the problem is not with the Holy Spirit. The problem is with the us that's still in us. Our soul, our thoughts, our will, our emotions, our selfishness, our greed. The problem is with us, Holy Spirit, everybody listen to the Holy Spirit, things will move so smooth, everything will go so smooth, it'd be like heaven. But because everybody not listening to the Holy Spirit, you got some Ananias and some Sapphira's out there. You got some Achan's out there. You know? You got some uh, various other characters you read about in the Scripture that, that as God's move was trying to, to go and to, to flow and to move characters that want to try to do something contrary and do something different. Paul said, ain't that the problem is not with the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is working miracles. But see, your thinking now is in error. Because now you think that God gave you a spirit and is working miracles because you observed the law instead of believing what you heard. See, some of you all now you understand why Apostle Brian is preaching and teaching every day. Because God wants us to believe what we hear. And the scripture says, keep on reminding them of these things. The word of God is meant to be constantly reminded. It needs to be something God wanted constantly, constantly running in our mind, constantly running in our mind, constantly, constantly. Why do you think you have a filter on a fish tank? Why do you think you have a filter on a swimming pool? We got a swimming pool out here, hadn't used the filter in some time. You ought to see the swimming pool. I had to ask one saint the other day, would you jump in there for a million dollars? They said, no, <laughs> I would. <laughs> Backwards. And drank some of the water, too. But the filter's not been on. The chemicals have not been Why do you put a filter on? A, on? Because what has to happen in normal use, swimming pool, they're going to be all kind of trash and stuff. That's going to filter help keep that stuff out of there. Why do you put a filter on a fish tank? Why? Because basically you got the same water in there. That water be getting all kind of fish be going to the bathroom, fish be urinating, doing whatever fish do, food particles, filter that stuff out. 
send that clean water in. Well, in essence, this is what God's word and his spirit helps to do in our life. Just in this world that we live in with all kind of craziness on TV, all kind of craziness on radio, all kind of craziness on the Internet, all kind of craziness in our flesh. We're talking about no flesh, all kind of craziness everywhere we look. God's word filters us. God's spirit <laughs> filters us. Get away from God's word, we get more and more filthy. Get away from God's spirit, we get more and more stinky. Why don't we take our clothes, put them in the washing machine after we wear them? Because just natural use, you're going to stink them up, going to dirty them up. Washing machine, clean them up. That's what sanctification is all about. The Holy Spirit is sanctifying us. God be saying, look, I know you, you, you be into some craziness. I know you be, you know, just in natural life, thinking some stuff and doing some stuff. I just, just, just natural. God said, let me, let me sanctify you. Let me clean you up. Let me filter you. Every morning, every evening, fix me, Jesus. Fix me. Fix me for my long white robe. Fix me, Jesus. Fix me. Songwriter said, oh, fix me. Fix me, Jesus. Fix me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again, Father, for the opportunity and the privilege to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Father, for fixing us, for working on us, Father. Though we are works in progress, we thank you for your guidance, your leadership. We thank you for your filtering of us, cleansing, sanctification, Father, that we may be used afresh and used anew. We thank you, Father. We trust, Father, that as we part one from another, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide henceforth, now, and forevermore. Surely, children of God, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. No flesh. Child of God, I want to encourage you. No flesh is pleasing in his sight. No flesh shall enter into the kingdom of God. No flesh. God wants the him out of you and out of me. Three questions for us. What do we got? Why was Paul so upset with the Galatians? Why was Paul so upset? With the Galatians. Number two. Explain what Jesus said about Raka and calling people fool. Explain what Jesus said about calling people Raka and calling people fool. And question three. Why did Paul say, I just got one question for you? Just just one. Just one. All right, children of God, the Lord bless each of you, and may heaven continue to smile on you all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.